When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Welcome back to Hot Takes and Deep Dives. This is Jess. And I have this running joke that all roads on this show lead to finding Prince Charming. Oh, <laughs> I will be interested oh, to hear how this goes. <laughs> Let's introduce you, boys. I'm here with Brandon Kniefel. Hey, Brandon. Hey, everyone. And Justin Royson. Hey, Justin. Hi. How's it going? Great. So where are each of you guys right now? Brandon, you can go first. I am normally full-time in Los Angeles, but I got a place in the desert, so I'm here for most of the winter. You're in Palm Springs? Uh, Palm Desert. I love. I'm in Portland. Um, When we filmed, I was living in Seattle, but I have since moved to Portland, where I was born and raised, so it's kind of a come back home, if you will. I love that. Full circle. The prodigal son returns. He returns. And is when was the last time the two of you guys chatted or saw each other? Like, is this a true re- Finding Prince Charming reunion that I'm hosting? 1,000%. Yeah. I wanted to text you, but I'm like, you know what? I feel like I should save. No, save it for the air. For, for a <laughs> I was like, girl, we're reunited. I, <laughs> I know. I, this actually made me so excited because Brand, like, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But Brand and I were really close in the house. And just over the years have lost touch with different, you know, we live in different cities, different lives. But like, I got so excited because he's my buddy, so. Awesome. The last time I saw you was probably like two and a half years ago at Evita in West Hollywood. Yeah. Club night. Yeah. My favorite club night. I miss those days. Remember? Uh, Jason Kaplan was there that night too. Can I tell you a fun fact about Jason Kaplan? So Jason Kaplan was a fellow contestant with you guys on the show, Jason Kaplan is a makeup artist. He is Tinsley Mortimer's makeup artist, and he has been on multiple episodes of Real Housewives of New York. That so Jason yeah, Kaplan he, also he came on Finding like, Prince Charming TV ready. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> oh, he was he was so ready. He is the last person, one of the last people I saw actually before quarantine. I was in New York, and uh, I always make a when I'm in LA. I like usually see Eric, Robbie, Brandon, Dylan. Um, some some variation of the sore. And then in New York, I tried to see Jason and he's like the last person I saw before this all happened. That's crazy. But back to the housewives, he actually has sent me the the greatest behind the scenes things that I don't know if I can even talk about, about Tinsley and even like Sonia. About Tinsley and Sonia? Oh yeah, I've seen, like he sent me some great videos of like when they're doing their interviews, et cetera. Oh, I mean, I don't know if I want them to send you right now, but <laughs> this this guy was ready for Prince Charming. He was ready for- Oh yeah, he knows. He, he has all of his receipts. He has all the footage. He will give you all the dish. I love him. But he was also like a mother hen in the house. So he was totally. Sort of I love that. Um, so, so have you guys, like just the two of you, when was the last time the two of you chatted? Just at that bar in West Hollywood? Honestly, Probably, yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, still to this day, I feel like, 
kind of more stable than most of them. So it was, I could relate to him more. <laughs> totally. We, um, Brandon and I were like, we were, we were pals the whole time in the house. It just seemed like we had the most in common and could relate to each other on a, on a sane logical wavelength that it seemed um, <laughs> others couldn't connect to. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you guys were also on because the two of you, I mean, Brandon, you made it to the end. You were you were the runner up. And Justin, you maybe were like like fourth to the end because the guy right yeah. after you wound up quitting the show. So like you yeah. you sort of like made it all the way. I felt like you were on the entire show. It, yeah, I, it was just one episode, actually, that I that I wasn't it was the finale when they went to Palm Springs. Yeah, um, and I miss Brandon breaking his leg. But- oh my god! Okay, wait. Yeah, I want to get into all of this, but um, for the people who who missed this show, basically, this was the first gay bachelor show i mean to sum it up like in so many words essentially that was it and it was on Mm -hmm. it was one season it was on logo and in fact it actually was picked up for season two and they had begun the casting process and then do you guys know what happened yeah (laughs) so while we were actually filming viacom was having a huge redo of their leadership team so Viacom is the sister, I mean, the parent company of mm-hmm. uh, Logo, MTV, VH1. So they already agreed that we would get a second season and then funding got pulled from Logo. And that's when Dr- Drag Race went to VH1 because they wanted to move all their good performing shows from the tier three up to a tier two and vice versa. I'm so shocked that it just never came back. Yeah. And the people still ask me, I'm like, I don't think so. They, yeah. The production company was trying for years after. They even tried yeah. with YouTube and stuff like that. And then I even heard like, a, it was like a year or two ago um, that someone else tried to buy it and pick it up and run with it. And it just didn't happen. But we did kind of get some negative press. <laughs> oh, we're, no, no, no. We're going deep What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I think like, Brandon actually has a really good explanation of like why it folded. But I think it's also multi, multi-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't know where where it could go after if they weren't putting new shows on VH1. Oh, you mean like what network it could go to? Yeah, it could, it honestly could have gone to Bravo. Right. I mean, I I think it would have done well on Bravo when we aired our season premiere on VH1 and Logo. We got like 1.1 million views, and then obviously it drops to like a tenth of that when it's just on Logo. Oh yeah, I forgot we did open on VH1. Yeah, girl. We were there. <laughs> so, I mean, let's start from the beginning. How did each of you find out about the casting? And, like, what was each of your audition processes like? It was so strange. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you go first. Um, okay, I'll take a whack. Um, what I remember was it was, like, through Instagram. It was, like, a friend of a friend knew a casting agent or something, and they reached out. Um, and it really seemed shady to me because I just, I guess I'm not familiar or wasn't familiar with that, the reality show process. Um, and so you go through a bunch of, Brandon can back me up. Um, I went through a bunch of rounds of like meeting with different casting agents. It was like two or three. And then out of nowhere, it was like, send us some pictures. Like, okay, send some pictures in. And then they're like, meet with a psychologist to <laughs> make sure that you're sane or to make sure you're crazy enough that you'd be good enough to pass. I'm not so sure. <laughs> right? I don't right? know who passed or failed that test. <laughs> I have no clue because you're looking at the cast of characters, I'm like, uh, 
some of you <laughs> for sure failed this. Um, no, but then after that, it just seemed like it was a whirlwind of events. And I was on a plane to LA and didn't even know what I was getting myself into. When we were, when we originally got cast, like it didn't even have the title of Finding Prince Charming. Did you know it was going to be a dating show? Yes, it was called like the Untitled Gay Dating Project. Gay dating. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and Brandon, you can like fill in your part of the story too, because I'm sure- Oh my gosh. Well, mine is very like- in vogue with our politics. It was a lot of nepotism that got me in there. <laughs> um, I've been friends with Brian Graydon, who produced the show. I've been friends with him and his senior vice president because we worked on a book project years ago. And it just so happened my best friend was Brian Graydon's executive assistant. So they threw my name out because senior vice president's boyfriend was like, what about Brandon? You should ask Brandon to do it. He said that to my friend during a meeting. So my friend asked me, I'm I'm like, oh my God, I'm flattered. No way. Um, (laughs) No way. It was like hard no. And then two months later, I was just journaling and something came to me that was like, oh my God, you have to do this. So I emailed my executive assistant at like midnight. And by the morning, Ethan, who was our casting director, Mm-hmm. had already messaged me to set up an interview. But was also weird about that is Ethan and I dated back in the day. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So I'm just like, um, I literally slept my way to the middle. <laughs> I was I was so apprehensive about the whole thing because it just, like I said, it just seemed, you obviously ran it, it seems like you knew who the people were involved. So maybe you had some, yeah. it placed some. Oh, my, I was constantly like, yeah, I don't think he's attractive. What if I'm not attracted to him? Like that was well, my I biggest was, fear. I was also nervous for like, what if this is a setup to like, like make fun of of the gay dating scene or if it's like a jab at it like i didn't want to be involved in something that was like i was the the butt of the joke mm-hmm. um because i think you know like you mentioned earlier jessica um we were the first all gay dating show the one that was done before that was like it was like a trick it was there was like half gay half gays in the cast and then half straights yeah. and the straight objective was to trick the the gay bachelor mm-hmm. and if they succeeded they won money or something but was that show called boy was that boy meets boy or something yeah. i think so yeah anyway yeah. so i didn't i was really nervous about getting something getting myself into something that was you know negative and then um it, the whole we can get into like how like what happened when we got to la and then before we got on on site but once lance bass walked in yes. <laughs> i was like Okay, we're legit. It's, le- it's legitimate. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so when, okay. When did you find out that Lance Bass was going to host the show? Le- when when the cameras were rolling, honey. <laughs> <laughs> like it was insane. Um so when we got you were already in LA, Brandon, but for me, I arrived in LA, some production assistant picked me up at the airport. And then we were in this. Oh, like, we were we were quarantining before we it was were quarantined. Cool. We were the we we were quarantined for like two or three days. Oh my so god, it was crazy in a hotel. It was miserable. They like put petroleum jelly over the um, peephole so you can't see out of your room. They deliver your meals. They escort you to the gym for your like one hour workout <laughs> session. The idea is so that you don't see the other cast. Yeah, members, no, they right? do. They do this um, for the contestants on The Apprentice, on Big Brother. Like this is the way they do it on all competition shows. So then, I think little to our knowledge at the time, there was more 
there was more um, potential suitors there than actually yeah. made it on the show. So they just, their end of their show experience was quarantine, which sucks. Um, but from there, they blindfolded us, put us in these cars. And then the next thing we saw was when we were walking into the to that party, that first episode. Literally blindfolded for like three hours. Hour. We had to have them okay. escort us to go pee because they had to have to walk yeah. us. And silent because we were sitting right next to one another and we couldn't talk. <laughs> I'm like, what's it going to matter that we know we're in fucking Encino? <laughs> like, what? what totally. Well, actually, actually, Brandon, that's a good, that you bring up a great point. I was going to ask, like, where, where in L.A.? was this house we were in the valley hills so it was like encino and we were actually in a bad girls club former house and mel b's former house yeah mel b's former house yeah and if you look at bad girl club footage um we have the same house it's just different probably the same damn beds too a lot of the same decorations that's kind of iconic actually (laughs) it is iconic it's kind of fun to think about and what was your first, when you realized, I remember there was like that whole game where like Robert Sepulveda Jr., who was The Bachelor, I, I remember there was a first thing on, on that first episode, like he was c- kind of pretending to be like a fellow suitor and then eventually it's revealed that it's it's him. What was your first, what did you make of this guy? Um... <laughs> First things first, I, it was, so what was unique about the situation was, you know, when we were being cast for the show, um, we didn't really have an idea of how it was going to be set up, what the process was. It was very vague and we were blind to like what actually was going to happen. So what's unique about a gay dating show is like, they can do that where they can throw everyone into a room and have them guess, you know, who, who's the bachelor and who's the suitors. You can't really do that on, you know, a a straight dating show. It's kind of obvious. Um, and that was one of the things I had thought of. I was like, what if they just put us all into a room? Okay, mind your P's and Q's. Like, don't hit it on, <laughs> don't hit on anyone. Don't respond to getting hit on because you never know who's watching. And sure as shit, that's what ended up happening. I think, like, I was super nervous walking in there because I, I just didn't know what to expect. Um, and when I first saw Robert, I was like, oh, he's, he's better dressed than me, this asshole. Like, he's going <laughs> to... He's gonna he's gonna be better than me. Oops. Yeah, he had a uh, wardrobe budget. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. Rude. Had either of you heard of him before? I hadn't. I think Robbie was the only one who recognized him from Instagram. Robbie recognized him. Yeah. Oh, the rest wow. of us had no clue. Oh, Brodney. Knew oh, him Brodney. Yeah, because he had seen him at the gym in Atlanta or something. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, yes, because they were both from Atlanta. Okay, so one of them recognized him from Instagram. What was he promoting himself to be on Instagram? Robbie recognized him from like being in Mark Jacobs bed and in some Instagram post. Or something. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. He was like, I've seen him before. I know her. He has Mark Jacobs money. <laughs> exactly. And once it was all out in the open that he in fact was the bachelor what was your first impression of him as, okay, this is the guy that I'm supposed to, A, be attracted to, B, be vying in a competition form for the affection, you know, among these 13 other guys, and C, actually try to have some sort of feeling and connection with? Right. I was immediately attracted to him. I mean, I, like, I have a history of dating Latinos anyways, <laughs> so... um he was my type and he was obviously dressed well. So before I knew he was the person, I was like, oh, if I'm gonna have to compete against this guy, it's gonna be rough. Cause he looks like a model. 
But um, I was relieved when I found out that he was it. Because like I said, I was so nervous that I wasn't going to be attracted to the person. And I'd have to be like, sorry, I'm leaving. I'm not even attracted to this person. But like physically, I definitely was attracted. And what about you, Justin? So for me, it was a little different. Um, I I think he's good looking, obviously. He dresses well. He carries himself well. It's very well groomed. Um, but he's just not my type or my preference. Um, so that I remember talking to the producers on that first episode. And I was like, well, I'm not attracted. Like, what do I do? What I'm not attracted to him. Like, <laughs> you need to stay and you get paid per episode that you're in. I'm like, okay, mama's staying. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're actually losing money because we're not making near as much as we did outside. Totally. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, we're not talking housewives money. Um, But over time, I think like I kind of got into it after a while. It became like a game. Like um, we had the volleyball thing. I won. And then I got the first date. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe this is maybe I should try to get into this or be into this. And this is something because now I have a chance. Um, At first, I was like, there's no way all these other there's a bunch of good looking boys here. Who am I compared to these? Nobody. So it was, you know, a lot of self-doubt until it was like, okay, well, maybe I can do this. But at the end of the day, Robert and I definitely are not meant for each other. When the first, when the show first came on, I assumed that there would at least be one other couple that would pop up. I mean, if you put like 13, imagine if there's a house of 13 guys on Fire Island or in Palm Springs, there are going to be two guys that are attracted to each other at the least. Was that, in fact, not the case? No. And that's, like, literally the number one question I feel like people ask. When we had press day, they're like, did anyone hook up in the house? At that point in time, we didn't know that anyone had. Later in the reunion, I think it came out that, like, Ch- Chad and Sam. Bam. The first uh, night. I thought the they were just being night, drunk, like, and I was hiding in my bed like this. I'm totally. Like, Don't come I had my no bed. idea. There were a couple situations where people were flirty the first couple days for sure. But I think the sister sister wives kind of like nipped that in the bud almost. Yeah. Like we kind of just like all became asexual for like a month. It was really interesting time. I think, and I don't know what it was. It could have been a perfect storm of events, but when we got into that house, it was right after the um, pulse shooting in Orlando. Yeah. It was, during pride month and it was also i think most of us didn't had to like go go film and didn't get to attend like our local prides and it was like this almost this sense of like brotherhood sisterhood whatever you want to call it as like this is also the first gay dating show to ever be produced like let's be on our best behavior and like be a good example for the community and represent ourselves and each other in a good light as best we can and so yeah a big group of us that first night we just sat around talking about Pulse and like what our responsibility was on TV and how we need to represent our community. So I think regardless, and I think the story producers were actually pretty cognizant of that. They didn't show half the stuff they could have showed because they didn't want to put us in bad light. Um, But we were also like, you know what? We're not here to make fools of ourselves, the majority of us. And how can we represent each other? Well, and I think that, we used, we did, or we made use of the confessionals to really kind of add some depth to what we were experiencing in the house. So it was more like relatable as opposed to be like, oh, they're trying to get with him. They're trying to get with him. We talk about important stuff for sure. Was that led by, I mean, was that to the credit of the producers or to your own credit? Like, did you guys take control of that? 
I think it was us. I think the producers, yeah. so the producers definitely weren't trying to push it in a, in a direction, but like, I'm sure that if people were hooking up in the house, they would have been all for it and they would have helped it go, the storyline go down that path. Um, but like Brandon said, they were actually really respectful and really good with the way that they let the story play out um, with the whole sisterhood thing and trying to like um, highlight and represent like our community and like what that means to us in a, in a good light. Where they were like, a little, they were a little like femme shaming though. Remember, they didn't want us to have wigs or heels to. Yeah, they, with. they, but I do re- totally. They're like, no wigs, no heels, no nothing. We're like, oh, okay, interesting. And I don't know <laughs> what that was, but over time, it seemed as though they kind of uh, got to know us better and understood our community better than uh, maybe at the first couple episodes. And did you really only film over this entire thing was filmed over four weeks? That's it? Yeah, like three and a half, four. My, I was, I was around five. You were? Are you sure? No, because remember it was three and a half, and then we got extended for another episode, and then no, it, was, it was like two and a half, and then it was extended, and then that's when you guys went to Palm. Well, whatever. Like, wow. It's I mean, it, was, it was like a couple days shy of a month. I remember that I got home. Maybe that's it exactly. So the way that it works is like two day three a two or three day period is a is an episode it's like a whole week in reality world so that was like a confusing part because you'd be like okay last week i meant yesterday i mean (laughs) i did this and trying to remember in your interviews but it was really rap i mean there was it was like um fast fast go like we would have a full day of like group something and then a full day of like dating and interviews and then a rest day Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was like the new episode started. And how heavy of a hand did the producers have? Like, did you guys have to do multiple takes of things? Like constantly redo your entrances? Or if I'm sure if like, like they miss lines, because that's how they do the housewives. If they miss a line, they will make them redo it. The stop and go redo was mostly the black tie ceremony, which was... Oh. Excruciating. It took- Can you guys talk about, yeah, talk about the, the elimination process with this black tie ceremony oh it was excruciating uh, um it was always at the end of the day and late um so at that point people had either been drinking or were just exhausted or just you know a combination of whatever anxiety was going on or restlessness because there's a lot of sitting around in reality tv like it's a lot of waiting and you can get really impatient you don't have internet um, you don't have phone. You have you're cut off. We had nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. <laughs> or dog. Oh yeah, they, I'm a big runner. They wouldn't let me run out of the house gates. Brandon was the only one that had like um, what was it like an iPod? I, I snuck music in. Yeah, so he would like graciously let us listen to some music just to be sane. It was it was wild. So you you obviously didn't have phones. It's not like you could Google this guy. Oh, you couldn't no. do anything. We had nothing. We didn't know what was going on in the outside world. It was Big Brother side. They actually had to sit us down at one point because there was that, was it the shooting in Dallas with like the police officers or the bombing or something? Yeah, there was something that they told us about. And they, were, they had to sit us down and be like, we normally don't do this, but we have to tell you what's going on in the world because it's actually a big deal. You know when else that happened? During, I don't know if you guys were big real world fans. During, I think it was like the Chicago season of the real world, they brought in a television because 9-11 happened oh wow oh, wow yeah that's a big deal yeah yeah that's huge that's insane yeah so for like the black tie affair 
Um, like I said, it was like late, like our emotions were running high and we'd all, we'd have to walk down. Did they ever air it? Oh yeah, they did. We had to walk down these spiral stairs out of the- Starting like, from my bed. Starting from the <laughs> upstairs bedroom. And we would do that, I don't know, it seemed like 10 times each night. We're basically pageant queens at this point. Totally. We got it down. And we would have to march down those stairs, march back up. They would shuffle us around on the risers. Uh, it was- And just get this, so like- so there was something that would happen every time someone was, it was their time to go, they would just instinctively know. And they start to like get, get like crazier and crazier. Like everyone would have the meltdown the day they get eliminated. And I'm like, like, I'd be like, just don't unravel, don't unravel. And people were like, probably everyone up until you, Justin, because Justin always thought he was leaving for some reason. I, I didn't think I didn't, I thought I was gone from the moment I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> but like people would lose their shit. Um, and it'd be so fucking funny half the time. And it's like, you know, who's, who's going tonight based on how their energy is during the day, because it's just like, they're pushing it. Did you guys watch the show Unreal? Uh, that's the yeah. only show I watched before I went in. Cause I don't watch the bachelor. So I didn't know what to expect. I watched it after. Okay. So, un- un- so I'm so glad you guys watched it. So for any of you guys who do who don't know this show, Unreal is an amazing show that is basically about the making of a fictitious version of The Bachelor. And so, you know, like actors are playing everybody. You know, it's a scripted show, but it's essentially like if you actually saw behind the scenes of The Bachelor. And I'm wondering, in your estimation, like, do you think Robert's selections were authentic to him? Or do you think production was guiding him in a certain way personally i think it's rather interesting that eric wound up being the winner like to me that felt very i don't want to say political it just felt it was making a very strong statement there was a lot in the beginning i think with the story producers trying to get action so they'd whisper things to people to give them anxiety during a group situation but towards the end, I think they knew us so well. They're like, whatever. And I, and I think Robert, Robert is very meticulous. So I, everything he did was because he wanted to do it. But I would say, like, I look back and I'm like, the sister wives, we were kind of more influential because we got everyone out that we didn't want in the house. <laughs> right, Justin? I mean, it's not wrong. It's it's like the top four were the sister wives. Yeah. But uh, I will also say that post the finale, the next day during interviews, Robert found me against everyone's wishes because I, I still had to do a backlog of four different episode reviews. It was miserable. And he explained to me why he chose Eric, not me. And it's weird because I think we all knew he was so early on. Yeah. He was just so fixated towards Eric for some yeah. reason. There was a moment in the show, like, I want to say it was, I think it was the moment, like, I had, a, I had a shot with Robert in the pool, and I was like, I'm friends with Eric, like, if you like him more, like, go for him, no problem. Like, I was just being transparent and cool, no hard feelings, but like, why am I here, right? And that was like halfway through, and he, I remember him in the pool being just like, trust the process, trust the process, like, just be patient. And, but it, it was right then and there that everyone could feel. And it was like after the episode um, that Eric revealed his status that we're just kind of like, well, whether it's about that or not, which I really don't think it is, 
they just had a connection that seemed undeniable into which like, okay, well, th- is it game over? Like, what are the rest of us doing here? Literally, why they were on their date, all of us were just standing around the kitchen, like, should we just go home? Like, what are we doing? But it, like, and and it wasn't like a negative thing. Well, I, Brandon can speak differently because obviously he was in the, like, he was the runner up. Um, but it wasn't like hard feelings. It was kind of just like, well, they seem to be cool with each other. Should we just let them run off? <laughs> So the show, you guys stopped filming. How long until it actually was gearing up to air on TV? It was so quick. I think we finished. A month and a half. Yeah. It was a quick turnaround. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So a week before the show premieres, it is revealed all over the internet through like People Magazine, every single type of outlet that Robert Sepulveda, he had previously engaged in sex work like prostitution escort work for a long time it wasn't like it just happened one time this was like there if you just googled if you just put the right stuff you know if you just googled the right stuff you would get a very very lengthy history videos photos everything now brandon he told you guys like at what point in the filming of the show, did you, did each of you find out? He told all of us, me, Dylan, and Eric, in the car ride to Palm Springs. Yeah, the and then we had to refilm it in the water because something went off with the sound. So in the water, he's telling us for the first time, but we actually already know. But I think at that point, some of us were like, maybe it was just me, but I was like, something's off. Like something big is being withheld. And he was so like quiet in general that I think anyone could sense that he was hiding something. And honestly, unfortunately, it required production and the network pushing him to come out about it and take ownership of it because he was going to have to deal with it. Otherwise, I don't think he would have told us on camera. Yeah, I think just the timeline was a little bit different from your week before airing. It was while we were still filming that they released his name as the um, as the bachelor, as the main guy. And so obviously that led to press. That was like when we were in filming episode three or four or whatever. And oh, yeah. Okay. His name got out there and that's when people started like saying, well, here's all the stuff against him or about him, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, because people already knew. People already knew right when I got out of the house. Right. So they, exactly. So when we got out of the house and got our phones back, like our phones blew up about, about everything that was happening with the show, with Robert, et cetera. Um, But he, like Brandon said, um, I think they had to like switch directions of, of his storyline and, and come clean about that because it was out in the public while we were still filming. Do you guys know how it got out in the public? I mean, Um, there are sleuths on social media in every which way. And so you just leave it to someone to go do something. Maybe, th- maybe this is the better question. If it were up to him, I'm sure this isn't something that he wanted plastered on People Magazine. It's almost like, how could the producers and the casting directors not know this before well, choosing him, hiring him to be the lead? I'll say this. like We all did have to go through a thorough background check, but people have... You know, if you're engaging in sex work, um, oftentimes you have a different name. Um, And so you don't go by the name that you might have gone into casting with or whatnot. So um, it, in my opinion, I don't know the whole story. It maybe slipped through the cracks, obviously. And also to make sure that this is clear, 
Ethan Peterson's casting team casted the suitors, the network logo casted Robert. Mm. So he didn't go through the same process we did. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I'm sure they did a background check, but who, you know, who knows? The completeness is never always there. And were you guys, I guess like Brandon, what was your reaction? Cause you heard it from his mouth. Like what was your reaction to just like receiving the news? And then there's also the greater implications that, wow, this is going to like cast, I mean, for lack of a better word, like a cloud, it's going to cast a certain light on the show. It probably got it more press than the show maybe ever would have gotten right. normally. So what was your reaction when he told you? And Justin, what was your reaction when you were like, holy shit? Cause you found out, must've found out afterward. I found out after. Yeah. I was immediately like, I became an adult in West Hollywood. So I've been here ever since I was 21 and I was a kid of the streets and the clubs. So I was just like, okay, you know, I get it. If there's shame around that, we can work through that. But, you know, I, I took his word for it that it was like a short time span that he was doing it when he was in, in college. And that wasn't the case. For, I, for me, it was, um, I guess I was just bummed that, that the way that it came about and the way that it, that it surfaced in a negative light, because obviously all the press around it was just very negative. So whether it was about Robert or the show or us related to the show, related to Robert, you know, dating him, quote unquote. Um, it just cast a, you know, a negative shadow or a negative light on us just based on the way that it was, you know, being talked right. about. Yeah. The biggest deal, I think, for a lot of people was that he wasn't just escorting, but he was known to be racist and mean and stuff yeah. like that. So I think people are like, oh, this fake person gets to convince the world he's Prince Charming, not on my watch. And then that's when people started to take him down. Let's talk about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and fantastic seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so that you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. They have tons of options like low-calorie, carb-smart, vegetarian, pescatarian, all these options every single week. Best of all, you're cutting down on grocery bills and food waste because HelloFresh is delivering the pre-portioned ingredients so that you're not overbuying at the store. I've been using HelloFresh for a while now and just really love just how quickly I can prepare the meals. I personally love their chicken and guac burrito bowls, comes with peppers and salsa. I also really love their turkey meatballs. So here's what to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash hot takes 12 and use code HOTTAKES12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash HOTTAKES12. Use the code HOTTAKES12, and you'll get 12 free meals, including free shipping. And when you guys get off the show, was there ever a point where he kind of became one of you? And like, like, did you guys ever hang out with him and socialize with him after? Or were you just kind of like, fuck this guy? Want me to take this, Justin? You go for it, honey. <laughs> okay, um, so we filmed our finale in Palm Springs, and uh, the talent team took me in one car back to L.A., and then took Robert and Eric in another car back to L.A., and they're both texting me from that other car, not knowing they're both texting me, and Robert got dropped off at my place. What? The day after the finale, yeah. 
Her mind. The show blown. really starts after the show. Her mind is blown. Wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> was this on his request? He asked, he's like, can I stay the night at your place? Was it all fake that he chose Eric? I think he's still, because the top four probably got a total of like 12 hours of alone time with him most at max. So we still were like, do we know each other? Do we like each other? And he wanted to figure that out with Eric and me. And then I was like, I'm not playing that game. I have to go into surgery. I'm out of work. I'm like messed up. So I'm not going to talk to you. And I didn't talk to him until the reunion. And that was a mistake because then that opened up a can of worms and we dated for a couple months after. But even, even Justin, when we were at Halloween, me, you, Eric, and Dylan, Robert came up to me and like grabbed my face and started making out with me. And yeah, I was trying to put it away. Yeah. And that would just say like that. I remember it rocked your world. Just trying to cause drama between totally. me, you, and Eric and all them. So it's possible he was never interested. I mean, you're saying that you, you guys sense the connection between him and Eric, Eric meaning the positive guy, but it, it seems like they never dated. They, they, yeah, they kind of did for like a little, a little bit, and then Eric was there for him a lot. Eric was what? There for him a lot because Robert was going through it, and he had no one on his side. Yeah. So when I was like, I'm not talking to you anymore, right. um, then Eric was like there from the get dinner and stuff and hang out. Exactly, because there was that limbo period of when we stopped filming to when it aired, which was like a month and a half. And I think Robert was still living in Atlanta, trying to move to L.A. or something. And it was that point in time where we couldn't talk to anybody but each other about the show. Um, so we had no lifeline, to, no venting, you know, um, mechanism or whatnot. So and when Brandon cut him off, I think, you know, he only really had Eric and Eric, you know, did his best, too, because everyone's emotions were a little bit like hot from, from just, we were cooped up in a house for four weeks or whatever with these random people, you know, on camera doing all these things. Then we can't talk about it. It's like, it's. And the day after my surgery, mid August, Eric's at my house and he's like, we need to figure out what we're doing about this Robert thing. He's like, do you want to be with him? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to recover. Like go have fun, whatever. But the whole time, Roberts and Eric aren't showing that they're, like, really into each other. So the producers are nonstop calling me, trying to figure out what is going to happen at the reunion. reunion Am yeah. I going to be with Robert or is Eric or is no one? So that's why the reunion was so awkward. Was so <laughs> and we awkward. should say, you keep referring to surgery. You actually broke, was it your ankle? I ruptured my Achilles. So it completely tore. Yeah. And that happened unfortunately like actually on camera jesus (laughs) so brandon eventually when eric was out of the picture you said that you wound you legitimately wound up dating robert for a couple of months yeah and how was that like october november so how was that like why did it i guess like why didn't you guys get into a relation like what happened yeah um because you know i realized the type of person he was was not very conducive to the type of person I was and throughout the he would say stuff and do stuff and I'm like oh my god you're talking to that person and that person who I thought who he said was his ex-boyfriend was actually the sugar daddy really yeah because he was getting he had I mean he he has like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car 
He had a three-bedroom condo in Laurel Camp. Like, and I didn't see him work a day in his life. And all the time I hung out with him. I'm so glad that you – thank you for being honest about that because I follow him very closely on social media. And he was in L.A. for a while and I was very curious about where this money was coming from. And, you know, my friend would always be like, obviously, like he's he's escorting, he's hooking, like he has – he's has got a paid-for lifestyle. So, right. Okay. So then cut to he winds up moving to New York. He moved to Miami and then he moved to New York. Oh, I didn't even know he moved to Miami. Oh, he had a penthouse in Miami. And he's like, I'm leaving my penthouse in Miami to New York. This is like last year. He moves to New York. I I know this because I follow him on Instagram. And funnily enough, he lives very close to me. And I regularly see Uh him on the streets of New York. I'll see wow. him. I'll see him running, running in the park. I'll see him with his dog. I'll see him. I ran into him outside of like a pet store. Wow. Yeah. His reunion, they don't show you, but the team grilled him. They let him have it. It was, it was so like, Justin, how was it feeling like sitting out there with that? Cause you're I mean, out there the whole time. It was really awkward for me. And I was very, I think everyone could see watching it back. Like I was very, removed very disinterested because i think but i so i don't even know how to phrase it i didn't have a negative experience with robert and i don't judge him for the things that came out like i said earlier it's like it was a bummer that it was a there was a negative light cast like over you know what had been what he had done and how it affected the rest of us in the show um but at the end of the day like i had a good we had good banter we were he was nice he was civil to me i have no no problem with him um so i was kind of taken aback because people were just firing shots. Just everyone down the line was just like, why didn't you, why didn't you talk to the back room like like this? this? Why did you dump me? It was just like. Did did production ever grill him about the fact that he had a paid for life? I don't think so. Not that I remember. Because he, because the reason why he was cast as quote unquote Prince Charming is because he advertises himself to be a, Highly cultured, well-traveled, like a world traveler. Interior designer. And he never, I don't know what he's ever interior designed. He's a jewelry, <laughs> he's a jewelry designer. He's an interior designer. Now he makes candles living in these gorgeous places, traveling all over right. the world. And the deal is that you can't get that lifestyle just by being an escort. He has at least one or multiple sugar daddies, which just like send money to him to support his lifestyle because one of his sugar daddies is actually like Middle Eastern and has like a huge compound somewhere in the Middle East. I forget which country. Okay. I'm just going to chime in here and say, allegedly we're, you know, we're having fun here. These are not facts. You know, this is speculation allegedly. And if there are any sugar daddies listening, I am open and no, I'm very open to I'm very open to all of this. (laughs) Let me know because like whatever Robert's doing is working for him and I'm you know, I'm down. I'll take a penthouse. I'm kidding. I make my own money. Okay, Brandon continue. Brandon, what were you saying about the the compound? Um, I just got a flashback of Shangela saying I don't have anybody to pay my bills. Oh, you know what? I'm sickening. <laughs> but I could if I wanted. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. So it was just, it, it's more of like a um, emotional 
manipulation type setup he has going on and not just like turning people around for sex for money it's more like support me support me i mean i guess i just don't understand how that like why would somebody pay for somebody else's life it's well, the other guy is the other guy the, the middle eastern guy there's some weird codependency between them and but they're not they're not in a relationship or they're not in a sexual relationship i don't i think yes yes and no but they don't but and meanwhile they do, it seems like they don't even live in the same country no but it was weird when robert was dating me the guy would be at his place or driving his car when robert wasn't with the car right so people there was actually an instagram made by someone who liked finding Prince Charming that was tracking all the situations where this one guy was using at, it was at Robert's or Robert was here and Robert, he was in Robert's car, which was obviously probably his car while he was trying to date me. So it was like, I'm like, like, I guess I'm not sneaky enough. <laughs> you know? And, and like, did you ever con- confront him or did he admit this to you or did you, ever confront him about like it was did you ever did he ever have an open and honest conversation about yeah like owning it so the the closest we got was when he asked when i asked him who who are you texting and he he it went through like a list of like names and i'm like that's a lie that's a lie that's i'm like and then he finally was like my ex which is that's how he referred to him hmm Guys, this is some real journalism we're doing right now. Yeah, I, know. I know. We need a we need a psychiatrist to like make proper diagnoses too, because I'm I'm there's plenty of people with their perspective on his mental health diagnoses. Well, let, let's actually say what you guys do for work. I mean, Brandon, you are like in the healing arts. Like you're yeah. To talk about what yeah, like I'm very interested. Like talk about what each of you do, and then I want to get into the diagnosis. <laughs> Sure. So my day to day is basically working with people doing energetic or spiritual healing sessions, medium readings, or just coaching on, you know, spiritual tools and spiritual techniques. And I'm writing a lot and I'm finishing a second book right now. So that's what's keeping me busy. And I used to run a behavioral health care treatment facility for six years. So I'm pretty versed in like mental health issues and stuff like that. Amazing. And Justin, what do you do? I'm completely different. Um, I'm in corporate America. Um, I work for a large retailer outside of Portland, Oregon. I'm sure you can guess what that is, but um, I, I work mostly in risk management. It's basically I'm an internal consultant for the company. Great. And okay. Did you say that you actually talked to a psychiatrist? Brandon about Me? yeah did you say or that you did you have have a friend who was a psychiatrist or you're you're just like theorizing that like a psychiatrist would be the one theorizing but I also when I was dating him I was working at the facility and they all met him at our holiday dinner oh and they're God. psychiatrists they're therapists they're clinicians they're experts so aside from I'm assuming like some sort of narcissistic personality disorder I mean like does that like give me can you talk about what one may theorize? Yeah, so the closest thing that I could think of that other people with clinical credentials have mentioned is narcissistic personality disorder because it kind of it, it feeds into all of his behaviors. 
So the charming vibe, like vibe when you first get to know him. And then the lying, gaslighting, um, exaggeration, and then inability to even apologize or admit when they're wrong. Those were all like huge qualities. It's really unbelievable that this is who the network found to be their Prince Charming. Yeah. Well, I mean, narcissists are the best at deceiving. And, you know, he was really eloquent. He was like engaging. He was charming. I mean. Yeah, for sure. You never would have questioned it up front. Mm -mm. And they only showed you the best of him. It's not like you saw him when he was struggling. Was there ever anything that showed him? Did he ever exhibit any behavior that they just chose not to air because it would show him in a negative light? Like, did he ever like let down his guard and have an honest moment and they just didn't show it? He got a little testy on the re- at the reunion. Um, I would say that's the most he let his like guard down because usually he was pretty um, pretty PC, knew what the cameras are on type of thing. But there was a moment where people were kind of getting after him at the reunion, and he was like, I think there was a second where they're like, well, why didn't you say anything about you know your your history with escorting or sex work? And he was like. I told the three people I was closest with in the last episode. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, Oop. and that was the first time I saw him like Oop. snap. <laughs> yeah, <Oop. laughs> I love it. And I guess like just very, cool, very quick, cool, just shifting gears um, off of uh, finding Prince Charming. Do are you guys into reality TV? Like, do you guys watch The Housewives? Do you, I mean, you mentioned Drag Race. I know Justin, you said that you're you're into yeah, The Housewives. I am a, I am a Housewives fan. I did a reading for a former guest of yours this week. Excuse me? Yeah. Um, uh, I read Patty Stanger this week. Stop. How did she find you? Um, Her assistant, I read him last year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good memory. (laughs) That is amazing. Holy shit. And how was that? Um... The most uncomfortable reading I've ever done in my life. Ever. Because, I mean, she's she's her. She says that she's not like herself on TV. No, she's exactly like herself on TV. She bulldozes. She pushes the conversation. She doesn't take criticism or anything outside of what she's already thinking. And before she did it, before we did the reading, she's like... And FYI, you got to be really specific. You got to get real specifics, blah, blah, blah. Because I've been read by Tyler Henry, Teresa Caputo. Um, none of them got anything right. I did a thing with Esther Hicks. She was completely off. I'm like, okay, I guess everyone's wrong. <laughs> so she wanted me. She's like, would you mind scheduling a second one with thing? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> that was more uncomfortable I've been. I'm like, it is not my, worth my time. No, ma'am. That's amazing. No, ma'am. And no, Justin, what housewives do you love? Which which franchises are your faves? Present, former, let's see. Um, <laughs> we were kind of t- chatting earlier. New York, I think, is like my hands down all-time fave. I really miss Bethany. Um, I think she's my all-time favorite housewife, hands down. Same. So she was on Watch What Happens Live and Andy's obviously like, would you ever, you know, consider coming back to Housewives? And she said, she said, never say never. She said, but you'd have to clean the deck. And I was thinking about it. And, you know, she's she's has this new 
renaissance of a friendship with Dorinda. Like since Dorinda was fired, I think Bethany's like her therapist or something. She's really been there for her. (laughs) Yes. She's really been there for her over the past two weeks. And they were already like laying the groundwork that like Dorinda will be back in. Of course. After a break. I can see them cleaning house on the New York housewives, keeping Leah, because Leah would do really well with Bethany. Let Bethany maybe come on as a producer, which I'm fine with. Build the show around Bethany, Leah, and Dorinda, and then help allow, maybe allow Bethany to help cast the rest, like whatever she wants to do. And like, like, I think at that point, Luann, Sonia, and Ramona can like go off into the sunset. Isn't that that's a way that to get Bethany back on her terms and you get Dorinda back and you keep Leah. Interessante take. I also want to throw in the mix. What if in somewhere in the future there is this like Housewives All-Stars? Oh, yeah. It is like the best of the best from all the different franchises. And I feel like Bethany would really, really thrive there as well. (laughs) See, I don't see her on an All-Star No, because that all star thing, they're going to need to like throw them in a house somewhere. It's going to be like on an island. It's going to be like scary island. But like, do you think, but would it just be them going on like travel engagements or like going to each other's city when they're there for work or something of that nature where it's not necessarily like living together all stars wise, but just like their lives intertwined in the way they interact. So listen, this is, we can think about all of this before we go into production. Okay. We will weigh all <laughs> options. <laughs> listen, we'll pitch something. I love that. I really like your take better than my like all-stars take, um, to be honest. Leah has to say, I do miss, I will, I will miss Dorinda. Um, Ramona, I am so over her. She just needs to fade into the, into the back. Um, but Sonia, I just had like, I, I can't get rid of her. If I was, if I had the option, I would keep her around forever. Like her commentary is just uh, chef's kiss. She's cute. <laughs> I like, I like, I need her sober though. I like her no alcohol. <laughs> I'm teetering on the fence on that one. I think, <laughs> I think, I think she with the both ways. <laughs> you guys are so much fun. Thank you. So thank you for like really telling the whole story. And I'm glad that you know, d- really dipped your toe into this Robert Sepulveda stuff. So th- I really appreciate it. Where can people find each of you? Brandon, where can people find you? My website, brandonkneeful.com and Instagram at brandonkneeful are usually the fastest ways to see what's up and get a hold of me. And Justin? <laughs> I'm just on Instagram these days and it's at the Justin Trevis. Awesome. Boys, thank you so much. I've loved thank this. Thank you. This is great. I this love was it. Fun. It was really nice talking to you. Guys, you can follow me, Jess XNYC. Follow the show account, Hot Takes Deep Dives, and we'll see you soon. Keep-